Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Quizlet. That is our name for our, these little episodes that we do in between our big live Quizotron episodes. Uh, normally, we have Keith Old Jensen here, but he is busy prepping for his big new stand-up comedy special. He's getting too big for us. R.I.P. So uh, instead, I got a uh, past Quizotron guest, a, a favorite of the show, uh, my good friend, Trace Dominguez. Hey, Trace. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. I'm a favorite? Oh. I didn't even know. You are a favorite. You, oh, I love you, that. Yeah. You you killed it the last... You've been on twice now, I think, right? I think so. Two two times. I don't know. I got really drunk one of the times, so that now I, <laughs> it might have split into a variety of times. Only but, one of the times? No, it, I'm. I'm just the the time that I was replacing Bonnie. Uh, yeah, and I drank a lot more than I expected because I just kept doing shots because that's what Bonnie does. And right. the next thing I knew, Justin said, "Jesus, man!" And then I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm having too many shots." <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> no such thing during Quizotron. I didn't feel like it, but you know, that's the beauty of it. Um, Trace, you have been uh, – you, you don't just appear on Quizotron as much as I would like for that to be your full-time job. Uh, you just came out with an awesome video that is really, really good. Yeah. I'm, thank you. I'm so excited about it. I've been working on it for so long. It's um, about uh, – I mean, you know, but since not everybody else has watched yeah, it. Yeah, fill, fill in the audience. Taxidermy is the kind of hook, but it's really about how museums keep the animals that are inside of them looking so lifelike. So when you go to a museum and you see lions and buffalo, and you know, sometimes they're behind glass and sometimes they're not. And I wanted to know more about those specific specimens that they had, but also it kind of took me on an adventure into the back end of the museum where it turns out they have millions of specimens that the public never gets to see. And I just wanted to know how they keep all of that stuff fresh and from, you know, decaying because they used to be alive. <laughs> yeah. I assumed uh, that they would use a lot of poisonous things, but I was surprised to learn that everything is still covered in a fine film of, was it arsenic? Yeah, they still used arsenic up until fairly recently in, in museums. Um, this didn't make it in the video, but museums actually... Uh, had used arsenic even longer than the general public when it came to preserving these things. Um, but they also can use things like ethyl alcohol and, you know, just borax and all of these different things. But the ones behind the scenes, they don't really preserve much at all. They're, they're raw skin. Um, so they really have to watch them and keep them climate controlled, which I thought was really cool. Did you, in the course of researching and making this video, did you taxidermy anything? I didn't. I wanted to see taxidermy get done, but I was also concerned that people might be a little upset by it only because people who are really into animals, you know, this is the skinning and then tanning of an animal hide. And so yeah. when I was uh, texting a few friends, they, they were a little, I wouldn't say put off, but a little bit put off by it. Uh, I mean, I'm I a, interesting, but I love animals and you know, I'm, uh, mostly vegetarian, but if something's already dead, like, yeah. you know, if you've got some roadkill, why and that not? Is a, where some taxidermists get their specimens. I was yeah. talking to the taxidermist in Brooklyn for the video and she said somebody, you know, sometimes people just send her roadkill and so she just gets it in a box on ice, <laughs> which is real, think, real crazy. Is, is there a, is there a, is there a preferred 
carrier for Rose? Like, asked where do you go? That. <laughs> you <laughs> take that to thing. the post office? You go to FedEx, man. You just go to FedEx and you're like, yo, I got this, this thing here. And she also, <laughs> when she's done taking, because she doesn't use the guts and all the bones usually, unless it's a, she said, unless it's a really good looking skeleton, she won't use the bones or keep them. So she gives them to her friend who lives in Long Island. But she doesn't want to go all the way to Long Island from Brooklyn, so she puts it into a FedEx box, frozen guts and like car- carcasses with no skins into a FedEx box. And she's like, they have a she has a beetle colony, uh, like one of the beetles that eats flesh off bones. So oh yeah, she just mails them to them. You know, wow, no big deal. I love that. Really illustrates though how difficult it is for anybody to get to Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just like, oh God, it's I impossible. I won't just, even take this box of dead carcasses to there. Yeah, I'll let FedEx handle this, and I'll possibly be put on a list for this. <laughs> I wonder if she does have like a special sticker you have to put on there. You know, there's got to be something like, <laughs> like the the driver at least should know what they're handling, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, it's a subject for another story, I guess. What is your next story? Uh, the next story that I'm trying to get permission to tell is going to be, I'm going to Hawaii in a few weeks, so I'm still trying to get my permits in order. Um, but if it works out, I'm going to try and talk to the astronomers at the Mauna Kea telescopes. It's the largest telescopes in North America, I believe. Cool. Um, they're going to build a new telescope there soon, the 30-meter telescope. I think the biggest telescope in the world is, I'm pretty sure, on the Canary Islands. Um, I haven't done a lot of research for this new one yet because I'm still waiting on permits and I don't want to bog down my brain with all that other stuff. Are you going to be interviewing any uh, indigenous people about it? Because that was a huge It is a huge issue. Yeah. Right? I, you know what? I haven't decided whether I'm going to or not. I wanted to like kind of get my brain around, like I said, the permature still. But yeah. I, I've been going back and forth on whether I should. And I feel like I should. But I think also that can that's like a whole separate story almost or like a whole related story. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, the, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of protesting about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see your eventual video about it. Um, so since you've been on before, actually, I can't remember. Have you done a Quizlet before? I feel like I did one with Keith um, a yeah. month or two ago, but I'd love a reminder of what, what my expectations are here. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't actually go over this. Uh, so in the past, it was just a, a fun chit chat interview, but I have r- recently, as of this year, upgraded the format. So now the Quizlet is in and of itself a mini Quizotron in Whoa. which, uh, yeah, I will ask you a question. Um, and like Quizotron, you are under no pressure to actually get it right. Uh, but it is about a recent science news item, and then we'll chat about it a little bit. So right. are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not confident that I'm going to know a lot about the recent science news since <laughs> I've been working okay. on this video so hard, but I'm ready. I'm ready. No pressure. No pressure. Okay, here we go. Why do male, why do baby male zebra finches learn to sing better when they're around adult females? I mean, they don't have toxic masculinity around. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. <laughs> You're really playing to your crowd. I'm I trying. Mean, I'm trying. <laughs> I um, appreciate that. Hmm. Maybe because they hear males singing to the females, so they can hear. I don't know. The the mate. The mate. I don't know. That, that's the best You're, I got. 
you're actually on the right track. Uh, it's because of social learning. So scientists used to think that baby finches learned to sing just by imitating their parents. So listening to what the adult males were singing. But that didn't explain the, the specific phenomena they saw of baby males improving their songs while hanging out with adult females who don't sing at all. So the researchers started watching videos of baby birds and their parents, and they found that when the babies started singing, their mother would give them feedback that was imperceptible to the human eye because finches can actually see rapid movements that we can't see. So they had to slow down the video, and that allowed them to identify some movements that seemed like they meant, yep, that's the right song. So then they took two brother finches who were just starting to sing. So there were babies that had only just started peeping, and they separated them into soundproof cages. For one brother, every time he sang a song that resembled the song of his father, the researchers played a video of his mother making that, yep, that's the right song huh. movement. And the other brother just saw that video randomly. And after some time, they found that the first brother was able to successfully imitate the song of his father without ever actually hearing that song. And the other brother, of course, would spend the rest of his life being told at least he has a good personality. Yeah, I was going to say, it sucks to be that other brother. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, the, the purpose of the song is to attract mates. Right. Uh, oh, man. And, Poor guy. Yeah, so he's fucked. Uh, or but, not. <laughs> right. Sadly, unfucked. He's yeah. he's a bird incel. Oh no! Do you yeah. think he's going to be as angry and spiteful and you know misinformed? He's already logged into Reddit and created a forum. <laughs> oh no! This is how it begins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, because that song is used to attract mates, that's why the researchers think that this all takes place. Like the baby males place so much emphasis on what the adult females think because it's the females that they're going to end up wanting to impress. How Oedipal so, of them. So yeah, and it's, it's, it's a fun little study because, uh, yeah, they used to think it's just a matter of them imitating the song, but in this case, uh, finches uh zebra finches have now become one of maybe four i think species where uh we've found that there's a social element to language learning that is cool right yeah i thought wow. so too yeah have you ever uh have you ever had birds no my aunt had a parrot that we had to take care of occasionally and it was weird and i i didn't really like her parrot but then i had a best friend growing up and his parrot, uh, I had a lot of parrots around, but his yeah. parrot, funny story, learned to imitate, you know, because they learned to imitate their environment. And his environment was um, imitating the telephone and the microwave. Oh, my uh, God. The microwave was the best because the parrot would randomly go beep, 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 and then go, <laughs> and after a random amount of time, go, <laughs> just the most hilarious thing. That's and, also that would be so frustrating if you were actually waiting for the microwave <laughs> and this damn bird keeps throwing up false positives. I know. Be like, oh, my coffee's done. No, it's still going. Oh, Merlin, you did it again. <laughs> That's what we've done to this species that evolved over millions of years to be able to <laughs> imitate noises, and yeah. now it's just imitating a, the frozen pizza being done yeah it's it's just imitating the electronics we've surrounded ourselves with yeah 
our hu- our human uh, like technological jungle. <laughs> I think there was also um, didn't David Attenborough find one of those birds and somewhere in the jungle that could actually sound exactly like a chainsaw, which was oh, e- man. extremely sad. <laughs> that sounds so sad. Yeah. I mean, it took them a while to realize the bird was mimicking the microwave, but David Attenborough is very good at animals, I guess. He's like an animal whisperer all around the board. So, Well, yeah, I think he's got the whole a whole team there. Unlike, no, no, that's not. I don't believe that. It's just, it's just David Attenborough yeah, just and a camera. <laughs> yeah, with his, with his cell phone. And he just says, check out this documentary I made. It's the, it's the sequel to Blue Planet. I made it with my cell phone. Actually, I did want to ask you, is that how you made your video? <laughs> not, just with, not with a cell phone. I'm not being mean. Uh, no, I actually did all of the filming and some of it was with a cell phone. Really? Um, yeah. I, I uh, have, I'm on I, team iPhone. Not that I really care one way or the other. It just has a really nice camera. So It's okay. I, if we talk about it enough, they might decide to sponsor the show. Hey, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a iPhone Max one, the newest, uh, the newest one. And yeah, so I thought it would be kind of cool to try using that because, uh, you know, the photographer saying is whatever camera you have on you is your best camera. So I right. happened to have it with me while I was at the LA museum. So any of the shots you see of the dioramas in LA with people in front of them, uh, any of the shots you see of me walking around museums, all uh, most of those are done with the iPhone. Um, with like a little microphone attached to it. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, but the rest of it I did with my kind of micro four-thirds Sony yeah. 6500 with a variety of different lenses. So I'm, I, I did do all the shooting myself, except the intro where my friend Dave stepped in and hit record for me. So that was really nice. <laughs> How of nice of him. Yeah, it was great. It was really helpful. And technically, that means he owns that uh, video as decided in that court case with that monkey that took that picture. Yeah, it's a weird comparison to, to go Dave Monkey, but I get it. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't know Dave. I don't mean to insult him. But he would did, he would go with it. He would go with it. Did you follow that whole thing? I did. The, it was so weird. There were so many twists and turns because he claimed, the photographer claimed that the monkey took the photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then PETA argued that that meant that he that the photo belonged to the monkey right and then he, he's probably an ape so but it's funnier to say monkey so i'm gonna yeah true i'm glad that you called that out though yeah you know, just cover your bases there. before i get an angry letter you don't know the prehensileness of that tail or no tail right. you know who knows and then the guy had to basically admit that he used a remote shutter to take the photo while the monkey was handling the camera so at that point he gets ownership back of the photo but now no one cares because the monkey didn't take the photo (laughs) you're like oh well i mean what's the difference right from one primate to another who doesn't really matter who (laughs) snapped the photo at the end of the day a primate took that photo right come on you know what that's a beautiful that's a beautiful message to send out into the world (laughs) we're all just primates taking photos just snapping photos of ourselves sitting in trees or in museums as the case should be Sure. Uh, Trace, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, We are actually going to keep talking about a second news item, but that one is going to be just for our patrons. So I'm going to pause here to encourage our listeners to go become patrons at patreon.com slash quizotron, because for a few bucks, you will get 
bonus podcast episodes, live show notes, and loads more. And I also want to point out that our next live show will be Thursday, February 28th at Piano Fight. There will be more info and a link to buy tickets soon. So, Trace, let's say goodbye to the non-patrons. Goodbye, non-patrons. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you do want to hear more, head on over to patreon.com slash quizotron. And you can hear Trace and I continue to talk about another news item involving self-driving cars, as well as talking about an investigative report on that viral video of the guy diving off the pier and pooping at the same time. It's a it's a pretty highbrow convo. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. There's going to be tons of stuff over on Patreon. Um, patrons will get the full script of each month's show with links to all of the studies and other fun bonuses that we're going to put out. So it is a good way if you don't live in the San Francisco Bay Area, if you can't come to the live show, this is a great way for you to support the show and keep it going. I understand not everybody has the free cash for something like this. So this show will continue to be free. It's just that the patrons will get extra bonus stuff that we're going to be working really hard on. Um, but yeah, if you can't afford it, that's fine. One thing you can do that won't cost you anything is to go to iTunes or whatever thing that you use to listen to podcasts and just give us a good rating and leave a positive review because that's how those uh, companies, that's how those apps determine what is hot and what they should recommend to other listeners. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Patreon or not, uh, you guys are awesome. So thanks so much.